in long-term relationships, does laughter stay when romance fizzles out? Do couples who laugh together stay together? Or does a subtle companionship bring joy and humor? When we see a couple joking together, is it an immediate sign of happiness? This is under the cortex. I am Ötke Gürcanlı Fischerbaum with the Association for Psychological Science. To speak about the role of humor production in relationships, I have with me Norman Lee and Kel Tan from Singapore Management University. They have published on this topic in APS's journal, Psychological Science. Norman and Kenneth, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to Under the Cortex. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you are very welcome. We are very excited about your uh, research. And uh, it is basically about couples who left together. How did you first get interested in this topic? Well, um, many years ago, I noticed that women who were attracted to me would often tell me that I'm really funny, even when I wasn't even trying to be. The problem is those who were not attracted to me would never laugh at my jokes, even if I used my best material. So I also saw this at work, right, where the boss would make a stupid joke and everyone would, <laughs> whatever, you know, everybody would laugh. And so I got to thinking and developed this um, interest indicator model that uh, it's not just about how good your humor is, but that humor might be used by people to indicate interest and negotiate in relationships in different domains. So the initial studies that I published uh, in personality and social psychology bulletin many years ago, mostly focused on initial courtship, right? And then this time we thought we'd look at established relationships. What about you, Kenneth? How did you get interested in this? Right. I think um, I have pretty much uh, a lot of uh, the same sort of interactions with people as, as Norm had, but I came on it from the perspective of it being uh, in established relationships instead. And you know, when Norm brought this idea up, uh, it, it just made so much sense. And uh, we thought that we should definitely look at something uh, with regards to uh, established relationships in furthering the model. Mm-hmm. So... There is always the question of directionality in psychological research, right? So do you think couples who find each other funny are happier with each other? Or is it the other way around? I tend to think it's more the other way around. So if you like each other, you're satisfied with the relationship, you will find each other funny. You will like to initiate humor and to laugh at each other's uh, humor. Mm-hmm. So, like, dad jokes uh, are appreciated by the family of the dads, that type of thing? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you, are, when you were looking at this, you used a diary method. What did you ask your participants to put in their diaries? Well, using this diary method, we asked questions every day for seven days. Um, this allowed us to do a time-lagged analysis to get at the question of causation. Uh, Ken can tell us about the actual specific questions. Right. So um, in these diaries, we ask participants to report their daily levels of relationship quality. For example, uh, how committed they were to their partner, how satisfied they were with their relationship, and also how much they perceived their partner was committed to them uh, as well. We also ask participants to report on 
the amount of humor they produced and also how much humor they perceived from their partner uh, on a day-to-day basis as well. Mm-hmm. So is it like how many jokes did your partner uh, make today type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so we asked uh, to what extent did you try to make your partner laugh today? And then uh, we also, so also asked the reverse question, uh, to what extent did your partners try to make you laugh uh, today? Those were some of the example questions. Mm-hmm. And in your article, you report a link between relationship quality and same-day humor production. Can you expand on this for our listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, we found that basically when participants uh, reported having greater commitment to the relationship, they were more satisfied. And then they also perceived that their partner was committed to the relationship, right? On those days, they also reported engaging in more humor production. And then more importantly, the... Uh, greater relationship quality also predicted greater humor production and perception for the next day. Right, right. So so in terms of thinking about what comes first or what comes later, what we found was that, yes, uh, greater relationship quality was associated with greater humor production and perception on the same day itself. But more importantly, I think we found that it was more likely the case that on days where you were more satisfied and committed to your partner, you actually thought that your partner was funnier the next day. On days where you don't feel committed to your partner, on the next day, you don't find your partner as funny. Yeah, so it kind of paves the way for the next day, uh, happiness too, or like uh, joy and laughter, I guess. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh So are there any gender differences in your study? Well, we did find that men were more likely uh, to report uh, having produced more humor in each day. So this kind of goes along with replicates uh, a lot of prior research showing that men are more likely to be the humor initiators, especially, especially when they're attracting mates, but you know, maybe to a lesser extent in actual ongoing relationships. But there weren't any other gender differences. So it really supports the idea that uh, actually beyond courtship, uh, actually both partners will use humor to sort of indicate and gauge uh, relationship quality with uh, each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you expect to find similar results across across different generations like millennials, Gen X, etc.? What does the research show in general about that? Yeah, um, we do think that uh, humor is something that whether it's Gen Z, whether it's millennials, uh, they are all interested in uh, being humorous. I think what might be different is the type of humor that is different uh, across generations. Now, we don't have data on, on, on such different types of humor, but in terms of the general pattern of results, we don't expect that these patterns would change across different generations. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I didn't think about different generations making different type of jokes, but yeah, you are right. So that might definitely maybe affect the uh, research in the future. Um, I have another question. Your uh, study is based on Singapore population. 
Do you expect to find different results or similar results in other regions uh, of the world? Um, well, first of all, I think this is a universal phenomenon. As um, hypothesized in the theory, we probably evolved in general as humans to utilize humor as a kind of interest indicator or relationship negotiation tool. But that said, there could be some differences in that in cultures where relationships are more negotiable, there would be more incentives to figure out and negotiate the relationships than where relationships are fixed. Like, you know, if marriages are arranged or something like that, there should be, you know, less incentive to try to figure out and negotiate where you are uh, when you can take these kind of relationships for granted or they're more fixed, that there should be less humor. Mm -hmm. So this brings me to the next question. Uh... What are the next steps for you to study this topic? And do you uh, plan to test other populations, uh, people from the other regions of the world? Right, right. So uh, next steps that we like to look at are actually what type of psychological indicators or traits couples think of, of their partners when there's humor. So do couples in established relationships still think that their partners are intelligent, creative, warm, uh, when their partners uh, are humorous, or is this just a phenomenon when it's initial uh, attraction? Yep. And, and then um, even more broadly, the uh, interest indicator model of humor is hypothesized to apply across uh, all social domains. So we'd like to also examine the uh, bi-directional associations of humor in different relationships, such as work, you know, or in parent-child relationships and families and also between friends as well. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed how you put it. It is a relationship negotiator. So um, we are using jokes as these uh, tools to negotiate, to see in a way where we are at in a relationship. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, maybe just from a... You know, practical advice perspective, um, we'd, we'd like to say that, you know, if your partner is no longer initiating humor towards you or no longer finds you funny, especially like the old jokes and things that used to always work, well, that might very well <laughs> raise a red flag. It could signal problems in the relationship. This actually happened to me as I was developing this theory many years ago. Well, I mean, it is tough to be a good scientist, right? So your theory was correct. But... <laughs> At least in my case, yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but you had some consequences. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, what about you, Kenneth? Any practical advice or anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I think Norm, Norm uh, put out the best practical advice uh, already. Um, so, you know, uh, I think really uh, we'd like to just thank everyone uh, for your interest in our research. Um, please do stay tuned for further developments and also reach out to chat uh, if you're interested about future collaborations or if you ever find yourself uh, in sunny Singapore, we'd be happy to host you. Oh, that is lovely. I will definitely take you up on that offer if I ever come. And uh, thank you uh, so much for answering my questions and giving us tips. Uh, people who are in relationships can use their jokes. 
um, is a chicken point, a chicken measure. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. This is Özge Gürcanlı Fischerbaum with APS, and I have been speaking to Norman Lee and Kenneth Tan from Singapore Management University. If you want to know more about this research, visit psychologicalscience.org. Under the Cortex is brought to you by the APS Annual Convention. APS 2024 is the premier global event in psychological science, featuring content from all areas of the field, including industrial, organizational, developmental, cognitive, social, and more. It's being held in San Francisco, California, May 23rd through the 26th, and it's an event you won't want to miss. For more information about registration, visit APS2024.org.